Hello and welcome to the Fit to Transform podcast, where you learn how to train and diet effectively and, most importantly, how to maintain those results for life, once and for all. I'm Nikias Tomasiello, a transgender training and nutrition coach working online with anyone who's ready for a true lifestyle transformation anywhere they may be in the world. As a friendly reminder, any and all information provided is for educational purposes only. You should consult with your doctor before implementing any changes to your diet and exercise program. With that disclaimer out of the way, thank you for being here. Now grab yourself a cup of tea or pre-workouts and enjoy. Yo, welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm sitting down with me, myself, I and you, dear listeners, to talk about two training-related topics that are closely related to one another. The first topic is how to choose the right weight when you're trying a brand new exercise in your program, which is a topic that I've also discussed in a recent newsletter. So if you're not signed up for my newsletters, what are you doing? There's a link to do so in the show notes for you. How very lucky you are. And the second topic, which builds upon the first, is how to progress your lifts over time. Should you add weight? Should you add reps? When should you add weight? When is it better to add reps? Is there a better approach? What do you do if the machine goes from 50 kilos to 60 kilos and you can, you can do 12 reps with 50, but you can barely do two with 60 and many such practical concerns that you might be well acquainted with if you've been training for any length of time. So let's start with how to pick the right weight for a brand new exercise in your program. My general impression is that when somebody struggles with this, it's because they are under the impression that they need to choose the right weight to stay within the rep range that's on their program or else they won't make any gains or their workout will suffer or something similarly threatening to their long-term goals. Now, it's true that different rep ranges can result in different fitness adaptations. For example, training as close as possible to your one repetition maximum or one RM, which is the maximum amount of weight that you can lift with proper form for a single repetition, is going to help you achieve greater strength adaptations. And on the other hand, lifting lighter loads for more reps, 15 plus reps, and potentially shortening the rest intervals between sets is going to help you achieve greater muscular endurance adaptations. We also know from research that hypertrophy is probably the most forgiving fitness goal that you might want to pursue. And as it pertains to rep ranges, what that means is that you can build muscle effectively when you're doing anywhere from four to five reps to 20 to 30. But there is an important caveat to that. You can't just do 25 reps and then expect that you build muscle magically. You need to fatigue those muscles. By fatiguing those muscles, what I mean is that you need to take each set to a point 
where you are three reps away from the point of concentric muscular failure, three reps or less. Researchers and uh, coaches have translated that into a scale called the reps in reserve based rating of perceived exertion scale, the RPE scale that I often reference. So when we're thinking about the scale, the appropriate intensity of effort to build muscle is RPE 7 to 10, where 10 is the final rep that you can do with appropriate form. And if you tried one more, you would fail it. You would achieve concentric muscular failure. And I recorded an entire episode on intensity of effort and RPE. And that was episode nine. So listen to that if you're not familiar with this concept. What I'm trying to say here is that if you have a certain number of reps on your program, that number of reps is there for a reason. There's a reason why I ask my clients to perform 5 to 10 reps versus 10 to 15 versus 20 to 30. So yes, ideally, when you choose the weight that you're going to use, that weight will enable you to fall within that repetition range and to achieve the appropriate intensity of effort within said repetition range. However, the ability to select this weight is a skill that you need to give yourself time to develop. When you're starting a brand new lift, you can't expect to be a pro at that skill right away. So while you are working on developing that skill, don't worry so much about your repetition range. Do your best to get as close to it as you can, but know that as long as you're taking every set close enough to concentric muscular failure, achieving RPE 7 to 10, and you are in the 5 to 20 to 30 repetition range, you are going to build muscle effectively. In my opinion, if you focus too much on the repetition range, what usually happens is that you choose a weight that maybe it's a little too light to do 8 to 12 reps with, but 8 to 12 is what's written on your program. So you do 12, and that weight is RPE 0. You could have kept going for 10 reps. You could have done 22 reps before you got remotely close to training hard, but you stop because your program says, well, say to 12 reps. So essentially you've done a warm-up set, but you count it as a working set that's supposedly meant to help you build muscle. That means that you are likely going to train a little bit too light for a number of weeks until you finally become more and more confident and you start adding weight to the exercise. Whereas if you focused on mastering your form, becoming confident with the appropriate technique, and then achieving the appropriate intensity of effort, and only secondarily you were to worry about the rep range, you would make your training, in my view, far more productive from far earlier in the program. So as a quick summary of what I've said so far, the order of priorities with which I would approach a new exercise in your program would be first and foremost, appropriate technique. Secondarily, intensity of effort. You don't want to switch the two around because 
if you don't have the appropriate form to train your target muscles just yet, even if you feel that you're training very hard by the end of the set, that set may still not be as productive as it could be because in order to build muscle, train hard means that the intensity of effort that you perceive needs to be perceived by the target muscles. If the that intensity of effort is because your heart is beating really hard or because you're out of breath or because other muscles are taking on the brunt of the work because you haven't mastered form yet, then that set isn't going to be as effective as it could be for the muscle that you want to train. So form first, intensity of effort second, and finally, once you've been working on both, you can start worrying more and more about your programmed rep range. Having said that, I'm not going to leave you without a couple of practical tips that can help you get as close as possible to selecting the right weight for that brand new exercise. The first one is pretty obvious, so I'm going to cover it really quickly. If the exercise in question isn't literally brand new, but you simply haven't had it in your program in a long time, then what you could do is look back on your logs, back to when you were training with the exercise, and you would use the old load that you were lifting as a starting point. If you were doing the exercise six months ago and you were lifting 100 kilograms, I wouldn't necessarily go back to 100 kilograms your very first time that you reintroduce it, I would probably lower the weight by 10 to 15, maybe even 20%, depending on the exercise, just to ease yourself into it, make sure that you remember form correctly. So instead of lifting 100 kilograms, I might start from 80 to 85 kilograms, but you can definitely use your old logs as a starting point. If this is a true new exercise that you've never ever done, then my two main suggestions would be first and foremost, make good use of your warm-up sets. This isn't only going to be important to select the right weight, but also to gain more skill with your technique and also gain a better understanding on how to gauge your intensity of effort on this new lift. So the warm-up sets are actually going to be paramount to you being able to master this exercise faster. So when doing a brand new exercise, I would normally recommend to perform a couple more warm-up sets than you normally would. And I covered warm-up sets in depth in the previous solo episode, episode 41. So you can go back to that one for more details. But as a general rule of thumb, with a brand new exercise, if normally you would do maybe one warm-up set, I would do two or three. The second suggestion is to use your first workout as a compass for future sessions. Importantly, the point of the first workout isn't to master the exercise and the weight to use for it. As I've just said, weight selection is a skill that needs time to develop. The point of the first workout is to set a baseline that you can build upon. I would recommend keeping this workout simple and using the same load for all of your working sets. I would only make an exception and change the weight between sets if in your first working set, you were to choose a weight with which you couldn't do even five reps, 
or a weight that's so light with which you ended up doing over 30 reps. So basically, if in the first working set you fall outside of the hypertrophic rep range I've mentioned of 5 to 20 to 30 reps, uh, then I would simply change the weight in for the remaining sets. However, if you follow my first suggestion, which is to use your warm-up sets to calibrate the weight to use in your working sets, then ideally this is not going to happen. And the reason why I would keep the weight the same set to set is that it's usually easier to focus on technique and to improve mind-muscle connection as well as your ability to gauge your intensity of effort if you're not constantly changing the weight. Because even though it's a very small modification, you have to remember that your muscles cannot see what you're doing. All they do is perceive force. And anything that changes the exercise is going to provide a change in the perceived force. So it might have an impact in the way your muscles feel. Of course, there are modifications that are going to have greater impact than others. For example, doing a whole new exercise for a muscle group is going to have a much greater impact than changing your weight by two kilograms. So I wouldn't overtly stress about changing the weight, but since the exercise is new and that's already a big difference to adjust to, if you can avoid creating other things that your body and your mind have to adjust to, you simply are going to experience most likely more headspace to focus on technique, intensity of effort, and potentially improving on your weight selection. And then once you've completed your first workout, you would then use this experience to select your weight for future sessions. And the goal, once you've, you've mastered or you become more confident with form and intensity of effort, at that point, the goal can become to get closer and closer, if not right within the rep range that you actually have on your program. Now, once you've completed your first workout and you've actually completed all of week one in this hypothetical new program. How do you make progress with your lifts? Now, there are many ways to progress with lifts. In this particular episode, I am going to cover a method that I especially like if you use the RPE scale, which is what I generally recommend for the goal of muscle growth. This method is known as double progression because you're going to aim to progress two variables. First, your reps, and then your load. And here's how I would go about it. When you've mastered the skill of weight selection and you know how to select a weight to stay within your programmed rep range, start with a heavy enough load that you achieve the bottom of your programmed rep range at your programmed intensity of effort. So if your rep range is 8 to 12 and you're meant to achieve RPE 7, you would aim to start with a load with which you can do 8 reps and you've already hit RPE 7 and that's when you end the set. Then over time, you would work your way to the top of the rep range. So you would aim to add reps keeping load the same until you're performing sets of 12 at the programmed intensity of effort. At that point, you've progressed with your reps, so it's time to progress with the load. You're going to increase the load 
by an appropriate amount so that you find yourself back down at the bottom of the programmed rep range. And then you simply rinse and repeat the process. As a rule of thumb, in my experience training and coaching other people, I've found that when you increase the weight by 2 to 4%, your reps tend to decrease by 1 or 2, depending on the lift. I found that with compound exercises, you may be able to increase the weight by as much as 4% and see a decrease of 1 to 2 reps. Whereas with isolation lifts for smaller muscle groups, you may only increase the weight by 2%, sometimes even 1%, and you'll see that decrease in reps. And when I say that 2 to 4% of a weight increase roughly corresponds to a decrease in reps of 1 to 2, depending on lift and rep range, I mean that your reps are going to decrease, your weight is going to increase, and your intensity of effort is going to stay roughly the same. So for example, if you can do 10 repetitions with 50 kilograms right now at RPE 7, so you're leaving three reps in the tank at the end of the set, if you want to still leave three reps in the tank but increase the load and therefore do fewer reps at the same intensity of effort, if you go up by 2 to 4%, so you left 51 or 52 kilograms, you may only be able to do 8 or 9 reps instead of 10 and achieve RPE 7. As a side note, in the early stages of performing a new exercise, you may find that you're actually getting stronger at a faster rate than uh, this rule of thumb I've just given you. The reason is that you're not only building muscle, not really building muscle at this stage, uh, you are undergoing what are known as neuromuscular adaptations, which is a fancy term for your nervous system is learning how to recruit your muscle fibers within a muscle and different muscles together to perform the exercise efficiently. And that tends to lead to fast increase in performance that then slow down once those neuromuscular adaptations are over or nearly complete. And at that point, your progress slows down to the rate that realistically you can expect at that phase of your training career when muscle growth is what's actually taking place. So in the early stages of learning a new lift, you're mainly getting these neuromuscular adaptations, so progress comes by relatively fast, and then inevitably it, slow, it slows down because muscle growth is slower than neuromuscular adaptations are. Neuromuscular adaptations can take 6 to 10 weeks, generally, whereas muscle growth takes months and months. So this is my general advice on the type of progression that I find very effective for hypertrophy training, so for muscle building training. Now let's talk about troubleshooting. In particular, we all have found machines in the gym where the increments in weight are so large that, as I said at the beginning, you end up doing 10 repetitions with 50 kilograms, and then the next weight up is 72, and all of a sudden you're doing two reps and you've hit failure. I have two main suggestions to work around this issue. The first suggestion is to micro-load the machine, and you can do that by hanging small plates 
from the machine. And I'm talking specifically about pin loaded machine where you have a little pin that goes into the stack. And what you would do is most, well, all plates, all barbell plates have a hole in the middle, right? Because you have to put the barbell through that hole. So you would put the pin through the hole in the plate so that you can hang the plate from the stack of the, of the machine. And that's one way to microload. Sometimes the machine is built in such a way that you can't do that. In which case, what I've found helpful is to purchase ankle or wrist weights. For example, in the gym that I currently train at, I can't hang any plates from the functional trainers, so the cables, because there is a plastic framework that doesn't allow for that. So instead, each cable has a carabiner attached to the end so that you can use whatever handle you want, like a rope or a D-handle and so on. So I've purchased these ankle weights where I can attach them to the carabiner and then I also attach the carabiner onto the handle I'm going to use and that's how I microload the functional trainer. If you can't microload in either way, what you want is to simply widen your programmed rep range. For example, if you're in the 8 to 12 rep range, but there's no way in hell that you can achieve that rep range with the next increment in weight, keep the weight the same and increase the rep range to 8 to 15 or 8 to 20. And when you can complete at least the first set at the programmed intensity of effort for the top of this new wider rep range, then you're going to attempt an increase in weight. In general, by using one of these two methods or both, I found that most clients are able to troubleshoot this issue with machines. And I found great success with it myself in my own training. And that's a wrap for today's podcast. As always, you find all of the most relevant resources to this episode in the show notes, as well as a link to my free newsletter, a link to my website, and a link to the application form to work with me. As always, I know that there are a gazillion other podcasts that you could be listening to, but you're choosing this one, and I can't tell you how grateful I am that you're giving me some of your time. That's why I'm always looking forward to recording these episodes, whether they're my solo episodes or my conversations with other guests. So to wrap things up, thank you very much for listening and until next time. Lastly, if you want to support the podcast and help me reach more people, please leave a five-star rating or review on any podcast platform that you're using. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll speak to you soon.